Welcome to Interrevolutionary Radio with your host, Beth Green. This is James Maynard, your co-host. Today's topic, the rabid brain. Love your enemy or give him hell? A debate between Madame Mazurka and Beth Green. The rabid right is not simply people expressing their opinions. It's people who are insulting, venomous, and sometimes even threatening. They have been encouraged by candidates like Donald Trump, who don't care about facts or decency. So how do we respond to the anger, lies, and downright meanness of the rabid right? Today's show is a debate between the two sides of host Beth Green. In one corner is Beth, a woman trying to hang on to her humanity as she is being attacked, still trying to reach out compassionately to her attackers in the spirit of oneness. In the other corner is Madame Mazurka, Beth's alter ego, who is a hilarious Transylvanian psychic who's been dead too long to care and is ready to duke it out with opponents. <laughs> what is the right approach for our times? Compassion or retort? You be the judge. If you feel upset by our nation's current discourse and want a chance to think through how we should respond, stay tuned and call in to ask questions or cast your vote. And now, here's Beth. Well, I just want to say, if you're not upset by the way the discourse is going, please don't call. <laughs> okay, so welcome everybody to our show this week. I'm really looking forward to what is going to happen here. I have no idea who's going to win this debate or if Madame Mazurka and Beth are going to come together. And so I've been waiting with bated ears to, <laughs> to hear what I'm going to say on this show because I never know what I'm going to say until after I have said it. And I would like some resolution because I really do get kind of knocked around about this. So I'm very much looking forward to this. And also I want to say hi to any of the new Pacifica affiliates who are joining us or have joined us or will join us shortly. So welcome, everybody. And James, let's start with the news of the Inner Revolution. Oh, first, I'd like to introduce you to our, our, our host today, which is uh, Christine Benton. Many of you have heard Christine, and she's become a great asset to the show. She's our producer, but she's also becoming the alternate host, and she's going to be uh, refereeing this match. Thank Hi, you. Christine. <laughs> Hi, I'm glad to be on. I've been waiting for this. I'm looking right. forward to it. <laughs> okay. All right. James, take it away. Okay. The interrevolutionary news. Today's news focuses on people making a difference in their local area and being able to inspire the rest of us. The first story was sent us by one of our listeners, Tracy, and it's a story from the India Times, January the 11th, 2016. And the title is, This Darjeeling Woman Overcame Murder Threats to Save Thousands of Young Women from Brothels and Pimps. Darjeeling is a place, not a tea. (laughs) (laughs) It's both. It's both. Rangu Saria overcame threats to her life to save victims of flesh trade from across India. Saria, a resident of Darjeeling Hills, saved 500-odd trafficked girls, mostly aged below 18. The women were either sold to brothels in the cities or made to work as pimps or in the capacity of selling the services of others. Associated with a locally-based non-governmental organization, Rangu first undertook the initiative to rescue trafficked girls and women in 2004. Her determination to rescue women from the trap of flesh trade and her bravery encouraged parents of many victims to appeal to her to save their wards. Rangu says that she was moved by the plight of these exploited women and made it her mission to rescue them and look after them. 
The activist said that there were times when she had to spend money from her own pocket and even had to sell cows to back her efforts. She said, I was threatened by goons and mafia on several occasions and even lured with handsome sums of money, but my aim and vision is to free women from their bondage. Her bravery and good work have earned her the Federation of Indian Chambers of Commerce and Industries Women Achievers Award 2009. Beth? Well, I would like to say that I personally have never sold a cow to help anybody. So I'm impressed by what this... No, I mean, uh, of course, I'm, I, I, I'm not putting her down. I'm sort of a tongue-in-cheek, but I, I'm impressed by what this woman has done. And I mean, she's sacrificed herself because of something that was really meaningful to her. She was practicing and being an inner revolutionary. She was doing oneness, accountability, and mutual support, which is what the inner revolution is about. You know, we're one, we care about each other, we're accountable for the impact of our behavior, and we hold other people accountable too. And uh, we support others, and, you know, everybody needs to support us. So it's that kind of a world that we're trying to build, and this woman is doing it. And I'd also like to point out that next week, and you're going to hear this announcement at the end of our show today, we're, by coincidence, having Candice Paris, Paris, who is the co-founder and the executive director of Traffic. Truckers, truckers. Uh, against track, yeah, <laughs> Tra- truckers against traffickers. That um, that Christine found for us a wonderful woman who's trying to uh, help stop human trafficking in the U.S. And uh, so sh- it's a great story to see another woman just finding it in her heart to do this, and you can see what one person can do. And now here's another story about combating the sexual abuse of women. Also sent to us by Tracy, this story appeared in Upworthy.com, April the 6th, 2015. Obviously, it's an old story, but it's very interesting and very pertinent. Kenya's unique approach to rape prevention should have the rest of the world talking. You may have seen the story circulating around the Internet about a group of boys in Kenya whose quick thinking and intervention stopped a rape in progress. Here's the program that taught them what to do. For years, Kenya has faced an epidemic of sexual assault. One in four women and girls living in Nairobi have been sexually assaulted. Schoolgirls were frequently raped by friends and boyfriends. Clothes have been torn from women's bodies in public. So, in 2010, the group No Means No Worldwide began offering self-defense classes to Nairobi schoolgirls, teaching them how to fight back against rape. In its early stages, the program focused on providing women in the poorest parts of Kenya with self-defense skills. The program focused on empowering women, not shaming them. But after the launch, program founders worked to develop Your Moment of Truth, a separate program for boys. During early No Means No sessions, girls told instructors that the biggest problems were the boys themselves. The most common attackers, attackers were boyfriends. The program learned that many boys believed it's justifiable to rape girls who are out alone after dark, wear miniskirts, or are taken on expensive dates. No means no developed your moment of truth to highlight life's tough choices, which in this case included whether it's okay to rape someone. The program was a huge success. Rape by friends and boyfriends dropped by 20% in schools teaching the Your Moment of Truth program. The study found that boys who go through training were more likely to intervene when witnessing a girl being assaulted, and they were less likely to verbally harass girls. Additionally, 
Schools featuring this program found that rape by girls' as friends and boyfriends dropped dramatically. Suggesting that women are somehow asking for it because of something they wear or something they do didn't stop rape. Kenya's approach empowers and educates instead of blaming and shaming anybody. By 2017, every secondary student in Nairobi will undergo assault prevention training. Educating younger generations is seen as a key to affecting long-term social change. Beth? Well, I love this story. Mm. I I said this uh, once on, I think, our program, but it could have been like a year and a half ago. Uh, Back in the 70s, that's the 1970s, not the (laughs) 1870s. Back in the 1970s, um, I was part of a women's group uh, movement, and one of the things that we were dealing with was rape. But, oh, no, wait a minute. It was before that. Forget what I just said. I was working for NBC doing segments on the disabled because I was disabled. I am disabled. I've been chronically ill since I'm 15. So some of you know I'm old, but you don't know that I'm also uh, you know, not very functional. Well, we were being told by the mayor, uh, the police chief of New York City, and this was maybe 1970, well, early 70s, uh, that we were being told that what we should do is we shouldn't go out because it was too dangerous for us. <laughs> See, disabled women should not go out. And I know that I was raped once specifically because I was disabled, because I was, I was limping down the street. I could barely walk. And this guy knew I was a pushover, and he knocked me into the snow, and that was the end of it. You know, big knife, snow, disabled woman. What was I going to do, right? So I have a real feeling about this uh, particular story because what I did was I did a segment on self-defense for women and um, for disabled women. And we were showing while the police department is telling us that we should stay home, we were saying, no, we've got to learn how to defend ourselves against these guys. And I mean, there are deaf women, blind women, women in wheelchairs, ain't easy, right? But, but we were trying. But this takes it a step further. In fact, it reminds me of the story we had when we interviewed Anastasia Maloney on our show, this uh, Reuters woman from, uh, reporter from Colombia, how the Colombian men are teaching men not to harass women and not to rape women. It's like, wow, this is really an inner revolution where men are taking on the accountability to stop men from raping women. And it, but it's really the the point is really the same because I don't want you to think it's just Nairobi or just in India that women are blamed. We went through the same thing here. It's somehow it's a woman's fault. So hey, this is fabulous. People taking accountability, men taking responsibility for training other men not to harass women is just what we need. And I love that we're empowering rather than shaming and blaming. Yay. That's my take. Great. And now to a totally different topic, but also uh, encompassing what happens with our kids and, and how we prepare them for life. This is from the Huffington Post from December the 10th. Here's a story about empowering the schools to offer comprehensive help to kids and how successful that effort has been. On December the 10th, 2015, President Obama signed the Every Student Succeeds Act into law which includes a provision to encourage the wider adoption of the full-service community schools model. 
This model locates education and social services like health and dental care, nutrition assistance, and career counseling and adult education courses for parents together all in one place. When children are hungry or sick or have parents who are out of work, they have trouble learning and performing well in school. That's why taking a holistic approach to the well-being of the students is seen as critical to improving their performance in elementary and secondary school classrooms, which in turn yields dividends later in college and in careers. Now here's the part about how a local effort can inspire all of us. This model has been extraordinarily successful in Maryland where a network of 52 full-service community schools has been built, a number that is growing every year. These centers are called Judith P. Hoyer Early Child Care and Family Education Centers, or Judy Centers, and they serve thousands of low-income preschoolers and their families. The Maryland State Department of Education has found that low-income children whose families access services through the Judy Centers perform better when tested for kindergarten than students whose families did not benefit from Judy Center programs. It is felt that the better our students perform early in their lives, the more opportunities they will be prepared to seize as they get older and head to college and into the workforce. It is expected that this model will be just as successful when applied to elementary and secondary school children. The enactment of Every Student Succeeds Act was a rare victory for bipartisanship in Congress. Beth? Well, we wouldn't want to have common sense, would we? I mean, we're, I think it's much better to tell the poor that they should raise themselves from their, by their bootstraps. Keep children hungry, malnourished, uh, with no medical care, and then say, hey, those of you who are the cream should rise to the top. So uh, I'm glad to see that there's some common sense left in our world and that we actually get it, that we're here to support one another because that kid could, you know, find a cure for cancer or that kid could just be the, the guy who drives the bus, uh, who takes your kid to work uh, 20 years later and, you know, is a nice guy and is decent or... You know, it's like, oh, my God, you know, people are the lifeblood of every economy and every society. The more well our people are, the more well our whole society works. But no, we can't have that because in a competitive society, we're only supposed to think of number one. Let's get ahead so that we're the only ones who are functional and well and everybody else drops dead into then who will buy our products. Boy, I'm in a mood today. Thank you. Well, thank God we have this new federal law now that's going to be available in every state in the United States. And let's hope that those darn states actually do something with them. I understand, by the way, that there's a new governor in Louisiana who's actually asking for help to expand Medicaid instead of Bobby Jindal, the the, uh, ideologue who rather uh, kept his people... In uh, with you know with no medical care, then I concede a point to the Democrats. All right, is that it for the news? I that's think, it. Yep. All that's right. For the news. Okay, that's my cue then. That, oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I should have said and Christine. That's it for the news today. <laughs> yeah, good. <laughs> All right. See, well, you, you can see how well this show is scripted. <laughs> and, and rehearse. We do a lot of rehearsing. We do a lot of rehearsing. Oh, yeah. A lot. Oh, yeah. A lot. All right. Well, this is the moment we've been waiting for. I think this is going to be really interesting, though, because it sounds like Beth has a lot of vim and vigor in piss and vinegar in her right I now. Oh, I know. So I know. we're going to see how that matches up in uh, uh, with Madame Mazurka. So 
The one thing I wanted to note to folks is this is a call-in show, so we are going to take your questions. Um, James, can you give people the, the phone number? Yeah, I'd be glad to. You can call in with a question or a comment at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. So I want to know what's going to happen if Beth is as nasty as Madame Mazurka. There won't be I any. do too. And you need to tell everybody who Madame Mazurka is and explain that I'm handicapped because I, I can't get in and out of the Madame Mazurka outfit. Right. Still- Yes. <laughs> right. So she's going to be, we're going to have to help her do this, guys. But Madame Mazurka is like this dead Transylvanian psychic that comes through Beth Green somehow. Um, <laughs> it sounds like Beth, but it's not Beth. Um, and uh, it's, it's kind of an aspect of her. And Madame Mazurka, basically, if you haven't been exposed to her yet, you're in for a real treat today. I mean, everyone's in for a real treat, but you're in for a surprise and a treat. Um, she just tells it like it is. She's hilarious. She's very direct and to the point, And she doesn't really care about people's feelings. That's probably the only difference, really, between Beth and Madame Mazurka, because Beth also really loves the truth. Um, She's very committed to that, and she can be very direct, and she's very clear thinking and clear speaking. Um, But she tends to approach things um, really thinking about, you know, how it may impact the other person. She has a lot of compassion. She realizes that the people who are acting like idiots are actually people. (laughs) And so uh, we're going to see. We're going to give her... um, an opportunity. So she's going to be playing double duty today. Usually to switch between Madame Mazurka and Beth, she puts a shawl on her head, but she's got a big radio microphone on her head right now. So we'll see how this goes. Right. right. It's it's hard for me to go back and forth. It is. If I'm going to be Madame Mazurka the whole time, I can just put it on and keep it on. Yeah. So, yeah. So everybody has to, and I'd like to say a little bit before we start this debate, why this topic came up. And I think it's because I can't be the only one who is really distressed about the level of conversation, political conversation in our world today. And uh, we have a Facebook page, which is called facebook.com forward slash the inner rev. And you can also just get us by going into Facebook and looking at Beth Green and the inner revolution. And if you would see some of the stuff that people write, you would be shocked. I mean, I'm shocked. People are so rude and mean and insulting, and they even get threatening. And and I'm not kidding. Uh, Mm -hmm. The last couple of weeks, I've had uh, people threatening me, threatening my life, threatening the lives of my children. They don't know that I don't have any. Mm -hmm. And... um, you know, it's appalling. And I, I, I don't mind a good debate. I don't like it when people disagree with me, <laughs> of course, because I'm human. <laughs> but I can appreciate that there are different perspectives. In fact, I want to learn. I, I don't actually come in with a set opinion about most things. I'm really more in the inquiry. But when people just, all they do is say, stupid bitch or uh, you know, you know, this is claptrap, or you know, you're helping ISIS, or that kind of stuff. I mean, it just is very, very aggravating. And I am in distress when I go to my Facebook page and I see 
one horrible comment after another and some fabulous comments too. Bless you, bless you, more you guys out there. Who's up? I can't. So anyway, uh, and what happens is I, I sit there and I think, am I supposed to answer this or not supposed to? And I kind of I check in with my higher consciousness and I ask, should I answer? Shouldn't I answer? What is the point? Am I going to reach anybody or am I just going to get into a stupid argument or what, what should I do? And I get pretty torn up about it. And I know that people out there, you're feeling the same way. You know, how do you deal with people like, I hate to, you know, pick on people like the Donald Trumps of the world, and there are so many, who, who don't think anything of lying and attacking and uh, just to make a point or to make themselves feel better or convince themselves that they're powerful. And so there's so much of that today, and it's hard not to get caught up with it, and it's very upsetting. So I can't believe that you don't have the same question that I do. How should we respond? So I just wanted to give that little background, and now I'm turning this back over to Christine. Great. I'm going to give you a a moment, because I have a question for Madame Mazurka. Okay. Hello, darling. (laughs) You haven't introduced me yet. Uh, everyone, this is Madame Mazurka. She's well, our favorite. Yes. Yes, yes, yes darling. If you say something wonderful about me, please go ahead. I was. I was going to say she's our favorite Transylvanian psychic ever and has agreed to join us today. And Madame M, I hope you've been listening because I have a question for you related to what Beth was just talking about. Uh, yes, darling. I'm listening, listening. Okay. But I'm more going to want to talk than listen. But I, go ahead. I got it. I got it. So how should how should Beth respond? She should kill them. <laughs> they are so nasty. So she's such a nice lady. You don't treat a nice lady like that. You can say I don't agree with you. But the way that these people treat that I think is terrible. And I don't really mean that you should kill them, not physically, but I think you should kill them off in your mind and in your heart. That means that you don't try, you don't expect anything better. You know, it's like when you know, ugh, it's over, there's nothing that you can do. These people are nasty and they're not worth the time that she wastes trying to reason with them. So in that the sense in which, which I mean that you should kill them, that you shouldn't consider that they are people that is worth investing. Don't invest in these people. Because, and not only that, I'll tell you one more thing. When you answer these people, they're only looking for an answer so they can say more. They will dominate your site. They take up 75% of the real estate and they make it look like 75% of the people agree with them because Mm -hmm. they have one nasty comment after another. So what happens is Mm. that you are giving them the opportunity to spew their venom and they should do it on their own Facebook. I say delete, delete, delete. Don't give them the airspace. Let them shit in their own pot. (laughs) <laughs> God. What about the people that, you know, Beth has talked to that have come around, though? They've, they've changed their tune, and there is a person there that, that saw something in what she was saying. These are very few and far between. I'm going to ask you if it's worth all the energy that Beth puts into these people uh, to get what? 
maybe one, two in a year that actually say something sensible and they'll say, well, yes, maybe you have a point and, you know, but that's very, very rare. And it's, you know, I don't think is worth it. And plus, as I said, you're giving this negativity a lot of real estate Mm -hmm. that you're allowing them to take over the conversation. So instead of doing something productive, you're busy uh, trying to be civil to people who are not being civil. Yeah, that's a good point. And um, Beth, if you can join us, what do you have to say to that, to Madam Mazurka's uh, guidance to just delete, ban the folks, report them to Facebook, etc.? Well, um, one of the things, I appreciate what you said, Madam Mazurka. I actually sensed in that a little bit of protectiveness towards me, mm. that you were actually caring about me and how I felt because you're very upset with how they're treating me. But it's not just me, of course. This is going on. It's a much bigger issue than me. But so I just wanted to acknowledge that and uh, to thank you. Uh, So I think part of the reason that I like to respond to these people is they throw out bogus information and uh, generalizations based on lies And when the people who are on Facebook see these things, they don't know that they're lies. See, some of these people really have been told over and over this misinformation. And as a result of that, they really don't know any better. So maybe the people who are writing in are the most vitriolic and opinionated. And when I write back to them, they aren't going to listen to what I say anyway. I mean, you give them the truth. Oh, 97% of climate scientists agree that there is global warming and that most of them agree that it's man-made, human-made, I should say. And then they write back, hoax, conspiracy, you know, and then they'll come up with these crazy statistics that have, you know, that I don't know, somebody uh, cooked up in a jar in the basement. <laughs> and, 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 you know, but there's people out there who hear this stuff and they don't know that it's bogus. So if I don't answer these things, if I don't answer the, their falsehoods with facts, then people who are reading these posts aren't going to realize that there is another side. So that's the first thing I would have to say. Well, Madam M asked, is it, is it worth it? Like, are you reaching enough people that way that it's well, worth going through all of this? Well, I don't really know the answer to that question because um, I, I'm not saying so much that I'm going to convince the people who will just go on and on and on. But um, I do feel that there are other people reading it that we'll never know who really has or has not read these posts. Although I have to tell you that I'm getting gray fast. Mm. And uh, I'm getting less patient and I'm getting more likely to delete. I do ban people when they threaten me. When they threaten my life, I ban them. Or if they are, they come out with something, you Jews or something like that, uh, you know, that's totally unacceptable. But I had the nicest experience, like last week, a woman wrote to me on um, Facebook. Uh, she messaged me and she said, I have reported so-and-so to Facebook. You should not have to put up with that. So that was uh, nice. I'd like to add something, too, to support you, Beth. And that is, in the legal arena, if, if uh, a statement goes uncontradicted, then it's presumed to be true. 
And so what you're doing is you're contradicting falsehoods, and that's a, that's a service for everybody. Otherwise, those statements would be presumed to be true, unless demonstrated otherwise. Well, I have some things to say about that when you're going to call on me, if you ever do. Madam M, would you like to say something about that? I certainly do. You're kidding yourself. (laughs) These people have made up their mind a hundred years ago. (laughs) And they are, maybe my timing is a little off. You know, it's hard for me to get this clock, you know, being dead, it's hard for me to have a sense of time because I don't get older. And these people, they've made up their mind. They don't care. Or they're not interested in the facts. They're, they really, you know, you're acting like you're talking to rational people who you can actually have a conversation with. There may be rational people out there, but they are not the ones who are doing that. I mean, they're just going to say, I don't agree with your idea. Of course, there are very few of them because you see what you're not looking at is that you're looking at a tornado of anger. That tornado of anger is going to sweep you up or knock you over. What do you do when you go when you see a tornado? You go under. You go under the house. You don't stand there and say, let's have a discussion. (laughs) I I didn't like that that wind that you blew at me. So I, I think that you're kidding yourself. This is not about discussion, conversation. This is about rage, and this is what you have to be looking at. Well, maybe you can um, answer my next question then, Madam M, because I heard um, it was a, you know, they're always polling people because we're in a presidential election cycle, and there were people who were Donald Trump supporters, and they were asked if there was anything Donald Trump could do that would have them change their mind and not vote for him, and they said no. This is right. And it's the same thing, because I'll tell you, the one thing is that if they, for instance, if Donald Trump, what, uh, if they thought that he was going to lose and they would have better luck with Ted Cruz, another monster, or any of those other awful people, they could change their vote. So don't believe them. This is also a lie. This, they're mm-hmm. saying this. They don't need to see Madame Mazurka. I can see through people. Mm-hmm. This is baloney. Macaroni baloney. <laughs> they're, they're not going to vote for Trump if they think he's going to lose and that some other monster is more likely to win. So, you see. Yeah, yeah, I can get that. That's, it's better to be with the winner, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Especially if they think that the winner is going to beat out the Democrats. Or the right. See, yes. Yeah. Oh, good. And um, Beth, what do you have to say in terms of what Madam M is saying, that basically you are just trying to reason with a tornado? Um, It must feel like you're trying to reason with a tornado. And do people who are watching the skirmish really become educated enough? Well, I, you know, this is a very good question. I actually am really stunned by what Madam Mazurka has said. (laughs) Because I don't really know how to answer her. But I think the problem is we have to distinguish sometimes. I mean, you know, I have to tell you the truth. Sometimes people are not as angry as I think they are. And I answer them and I see that there is some possibility of dialoguing. I think I have to get more ready to just delete 
and just uh, pick out the ones where I feel like it's worth dialoguing. And I haven't been willing to do that. I, I tend to, I, you know, this is a democracy. I let people say what they're going to say and uh, unless they're threatening me or, you know, uh, and so I, you know, I'm wondering, you know, as I'm listening to her, I'm beginning to wonder myself if I'm not making a, a mistake because the, the, here's the other question and, and I'm willing to talk to Madam Mazurk about this and take, get her take on this. Uh, I'm sure your audience now thinks I'm crazy because I am, <laughs> I am Madam Mazurka. But, but, but if you have never had an argument with yourself, you know, then you'll never understand me. But <laughs> I, think, I think we've all been in a situation where we're not sure how to handle things. And I think it's better to just get it all on the table, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that every side is, you know... You see, what my job is to help galvanize the inner revolution. And one of the things that it has happened, and I'm happy to say, is we are getting more positive comments than we used to on our Facebook page. In fact, I could tell you right now, if I just, because I'm always at the computer, right? So let me see. Okay, right now we have 1,185 likes of our Facebook page. So, and thank you, bless you, everybody who has liked our Facebook page. So that means that we have these followers. This is not a personal page. This is a public page. And it's growing 50, 60, 70, 80 a week. People are liking us. So what's happening is more and more people who are coming to our site are people who like us. Mm -hmm. In the beginning, when I first started doing this, I'll tell you, it was like, woo. We didn't have that many people who were supporting our website. We were promoting ourselves, and we still do this. We send our posts out into the public conversation. We don't just rely on the people who already like our page. We boost our posts. That means we're sending it out to the public because we want to reach people. We don't just want to sit around with the people we, who agree with us. I mean, what's the point of that? We might as well just stay home, right? In fact, why should we even do a radio show? We're just going to talk to our friends. So... I think that one of the things that's happened is that we used to get like almost only negative comments, especially if we took on two topics. One is climate change and the other is Muslims. Unbelievable venom on both of those topics. Mm -hmm. And it's always people, or I would say 99% of the people who did not listen to the radio show or who did not read the post or who did not read the blog or who did not read the article, who are saying negative things to us without having a clue as to what I said. This really irritates me. But we had more of that, and now I'm actually getting more positive comments, and that's only happening because we are gaining momentum. That may seem like a very small number, what, 1,185, but it's gone up dramatically, dramatically, because if you're going up 60, 70 a week, you're going up. And so what, what I'm saying is that it's, I just had to keep restating what we were talking about. And now we're having other people leaping in and arguing with the people who are arguing with me. But on the other hand, there are people who are arguing with the people who are arguing with me who are just as nasty to the right-wingers as those right-wingers mm-hmm. are to me. And I'm not, I'm not a leftist anymore. I used to be. Uh, but I'm uh, certainly not a Republican. And I'm not a Democrat. I'm, some, I'm an inner revolutionary. And I tend to look at progressive values. And that's 
kind of important, but I don't have any easy answers. I have progressive values rather than a, a whole lot of answers. And we are trying to build up this inner revolution and having people who are the anti-Trump being just as nasty as the Trumpists, uh, it does not make me feel any better. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be dismissive. I mean, I'd rather delete somebody than be nasty, although I want to be nasty at times. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to, um, you know, build, galvanize this inner revolution, and we are trying to attract more support. And uh, I think sometimes I'm not sure whether it's important to keep that conversation with the other side going as as we are now developing more and more momentum of gathering people. You know, maybe that's no longer necessary. Maybe that's not part of our strategy, but I'm not sure which way to go. See, that's terrible. You don't go into a debate and say, I don't know, and you ask your opponent what they think. But, see, <laughs> but, but you see, that's what I'm talking about. That's the different way of approaching it. That's the way of not just bashing everyone from your opinion. Exactly. Yeah. By, by, well, by, the way, um, by, by the way, I just want to say you sound very reasonable, Beth. And in the jury of public opinion, when people see your responses in comparison to these other kinds of attacks, uh, it's still. I think it's worth responding to. I think you're on the right track uh, because the, in the jury of public opinion, they will tend to agree with the one that sounds more reasonable. <laughs> Not today. Okay. <laughs> well, we have a couple of callers. I want to give them a chance to um, ask their questions of Beth and Madame Mazurka. So first, we have Helen in California. Helen. Hi. Hi. I am in the car. If I sound poorly, please excuse me. Um, listening to what Madame Mazurka said and what Beth said, I'm wondering if one of the main motivations in being the way Beth is, is to feel good about ourselves regardless of the way other people are behaving, and it is to live by the principles that you believe in, even if it seems to make no difference on the outside, one's experience of life is enhanced by behaving that way. Is that right? Oh, I love what you said. Can I can I answer that, Christine? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Go for it. Okay. Well, I I love what you're saying, Helen. There is only one fly in that ointment, and I know if Madame Mazurka was speaking, she would just leap right on it. <laughs> you have no idea how my stomach churns. And although I feel good about myself, I don't feel good. I feel like I'm in a swamp or in that tornado, and that I'm like getting stuck with the negative energy, and sometimes I feel like it gets to me because I'm not able to completely uh, disconnect from the nastiness and the negative energy that's coming towards me, um, especially because I'm an intuitive. I, I can feel people's anger towards me even when they don't write anything. <laughs> And so, um, you know, I love what you're saying, and I wish I could stay with that, but I do see a weakness in, at least in myself, that I feel impacted by that negativity, sometimes more than others. Well, I can totally understand that. I, I am the same, but I know I feel worse when I um, give you're in, nasty. Yeah. Exactly. Get into being angry. 
Well, I think that the real question that Madame Mazurka is raising and that we're talking about is do I delete them? Do I respond? Do I try to reach out? If I delete them, then I'm not engaging them, but do I engage? When I engage them, it's like I am in the midst of this venom. And by the way, there's one more thing that I would like to say, which is I really believe that the people who are so angry have been sold a bill of goods and that they are being uh, dominated by the illusion that these people are speaking for them and they're not. And I have hope, but this may be foolish too, that if um, I could say something to them or we put out our video, you know, white people, who has your money or, you know, talking about the fear that's running the country now, America, wake up and calm down. The world is changing. I believe that the real reason that people are so angry is because wages have gone down. People are scared and they're looking for a scapegoat and they keep getting sold a bill of goods about who is responsible. And I can appreciate their anger. What I don't understand is why they're so wed, wedded to ignorance. And that's where I... Well, that's perfect, Beth, because I was going to ask you um, about that. I know you've put out a couple of videos. We do have a couple callers, but I want to make yes. sure we save a little time um, for you to talk about that. And maybe Madam Mazurka can answer the question of why people are so wed to ignorance. Okay. Um, but before we go there, I'd like to hear from Annette in Los Angeles. Hello, Annette. Hi, everybody. How are you? Good. Thanks I for calling. Am, I'm Very calling. Um, I'm calling to talk to Madame Mazurka. Thank you, Dalek. I was feeling she was getting all the attention. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad. I'd love to give you attention. I've had the honor of talking to you. I think once or twice, Madame Mazurka, and it's always um, an eye opener. Oh, so I, I've missed you. You haven't oh, been around darling. for a while. Darling, I was, I was on actually at the New Year's, wasn't it the New Year's Eve show? Yeah, we had a New Year's Eve show. It was the Unmasquerade Ball where Madame M un, unmasked everybody. So that yes. was all me. So you could listen if you haven't. Okay, but please I don't. I have listened to it. Oh, and um, I wasn't able to call in, so I'm thrilled to be able to call oh, in now. And you. I'm listening to your questions, and I have looked at your Facebook page, and sometimes I do post, and I have seen some of the responses, I mean, of Beth's um, Facebook page, Madame Mazurka, and some of the responses she's talking about. And I have a question, and I'm not quite sure how to work it, word it, but it, I'm going to be direct. It's something like, is this where Beth needs to be putting her energy, responding to those aspects of consciousness? Uh, darling, that's a brilliant question. And uh, really, it's a brilliant question because this is really the point, is that what aspect of our consciousness consciousness because Beth knows I know these people are not different from us this is why she tries so hard to talk to people because we're in yes. the oneness and we're all capable of being idiots and uh, yes. but some people are making a profession of it <laughs> and you know uh, I, th I think that when Beth does a program like a video on the white people or, or these things then when she's doing that, she's doing a service because she's addressing the cause of this insane rage 
and this the fear that is under this anger. She's really uh-huh. addressing it. But when she's answering these people who are abusing her, she isn't reaching that level of their consciousness because they're not even remotely available. Mm-hmm. So this is such a very important question is that she has to go back and ask herself, over, because I know she does ask herself every day, how can I help? How can I help the people to understand? But I don't think that answering the people on the Facebook is really getting, she doesn't get to really make her case about reaching that aspect of consciousness and why it's so out of proportion. You see, they're the, 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 the demigods or the gods or whatever they are, the, demi, the demitasses, they're going out, <laughs> they are riling everybody, they're making everybody angry, and they're playing on their emotions. When you write an answer on the Facebook, you're not dealing with the emotions, you're only dealing with the arguments and you can't win because they're not listening. So you must, I, this is Madame Mazurka's advice, and I'm so glad you asked this question because my Madame uh, Mazurka's advice to Beth, stop putting the energy into the arguments with those people. Put more of your energy into trying to deal with the causes of their mm. behavior. And I know you're doing that. I know you are trying very hard to do that, and I know that it's very difficult because you get attacked for that too. But that's the answer as far as Madame Mazurka is concerned. Mm, very insightful. Thank you, Madame Mazurka. You're it's welcome. It's always a pleasure to hear your voice. And thanks, welcome. Annette, for calling in. Yeah. I hope to be back soon. Yeah, me too. They don't have- let me out of the casket long enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we have another caller. We have Tracy calling in from Phoenix, Arizona. Tracy, are you on? I'm here. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. Well, I have a I had a comment, and um, I think it relates to this conversation and um, Madame Mazurka talking about Beth and using her energy. And I certainly don't want Beth to be putting her energy into something that's you know not fruitful and it's abusive to her. And I just wanted to share whether or not she continues posting on Facebook and responding to those comments. I have found tremendous value in reading what Beth posts in response to those people. Um, I think that, like, my typical reaction would be to just kind of ignore or, you know, run away and hide. And Beth, in her responses, you know, she doesn't run away. She's not afraid. But she, you know, she responds in a way with, you know, with compassion but truth. And, you know, it's just, I don't know, it's just a model that I don't see anywhere else. So I think there's benefit to what she has done in that it's modeled for people how to have real dialogue, um, even if it's, okay, one-sided, but, you know, how to respond to people when they're acting in, <laughs> acting in that way. And maybe it gives other people like me courage to do the same. So I just wanted to thank Beth for what she has done and acknowledge that part of it. Oh, no, now I'm completely confused. because Yeah, she's kind of testifying to that, uh, what you're saying. Yeah, Yeah, because I was listening to Madame Mazurk, and I thought, now that makes a lot of sense. Now now Tracy is telling me that I'm giving uh, aid and comfort to the friend that is um, helping people to see that there are answers. Not everybody has the information at their disposal to really answer these. So uh, that's... uh, 
Now what Sorry. I <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, it's a it's I'm sure uh, you know kind of a conundrum that we all face. It's not just Beth on on Facebook, but you know um and do also we run and hide? do we you know do we right. face it? Do we confront it? Yeah. Well, and I th- I think that uh, one thing also that relates to what uh, Tracy was saying is that when you don't answer bigotry and racism and um, all of those things, then, as James said earlier, they stand. And um, I think that that's really the question. Is, uh, is it right for us to let this kind of thing stand? Valdalink, you don't let it stand. It's about tactics and strategy. Hmm. What's, a, what's tactics and strategy? Um, the tactics and strategy is, does she standing up to those people? She's not like, Beth, you're not lying down. No. You're talking up, but the question is, what is the most strategic use of your energy? You do yeah, the video and you confront these people. You do a post and you confront these people. You could do a post, for example, to all the people who hated your uh, you know, the article or the, the, the interview with Ani Zonnefeld of the uh, progressive Muslims or, or of the clothing, the true cost, uh, the, of all, all of these things. You don't have to answer all of them. You could do a post where you're saying, here is the answer to the people who've attacked us on this question. Then mm-hmm. you lay it out. You talk about the emotional issues. You lay out the facts. But you're not sitting there having to answer one idiot after mm-hmm. another. Yeah. And so um, I, I think that's a great suggestion if, if you do anything, Beth, you know. Um, and maybe, you know, we can still have folks go and ban and delete people that are not um, commenting appropriately. But the other thing I thought is maybe you can take just a few minutes to talk about the two videos that you have done recently because we were talking a little bit earlier before about why are people so angry and why are they so wed to ignorance? Um, You know, what is, where is all of this anger and hatred coming from? You've said they've been sold a bill of goods. That's not real, that these candidates are going to fight for them and and they're not. Um, So can you just give us a little, little teaser and and folks can go to, um, Beth Green uh, TV and radio on YouTube is the channel um, to see these videos. But I thought maybe, uh, Beth, you can give us some insight into some of the key points. Yes, thank you. And I think the same, you know, please come to our Facebook page. You are going to see some incredible stories. We just... We just posted a story from the New York Times Magazine about how DuPont knew from 1951 that there were problems with a certain chemical, that it should not have been put in the water, and it has been put in the water for decades. And they knew in 1961 they were doing a test, secret tests on the uh, health impact of these chemicals, and they still put them in the water. And it's only, you know, through fighting back that we've discovered now that these chemicals are all over the world in the water and in the fish and in the wildlife and all of that, and it's just a shocking story. So there's so much good information. What I would say is that there are twofold. There is the, um, the personal 
fears that people have in the, uh, you know, the economy that has become globalized and that it's never going to go back. Humpty Dumpty has fallen off the wall. We are never going to get the economy we had back. But it wasn't that great either. I remember very clearly that when I was uh, working in, you know, in the factories and in the offices, that the working conditions were horrible. There were no good old days. Uh, people died at the phone company because I worked at the phone company. Clerical workers died because they were so afraid to take more than two or three days off a year Uh, for sick leave. uh, I mean, uh, you could be fired if you took off. I can't remember it was two or three days. This was in Ohio, uh, Ohio Bell. So the good old days weren't good. The steel factories weren't great. The coal mines weren't great. The auto uh, factories weren't great. People were losing their arms and their fingers. I worked in a machine shop that wasn't great. These were not great jobs. Everybody talks about it like there was a good old days. Uh-huh. They always think because that safety and well-being of the workers was never taken into consideration because profits were always number one, and that's the system we have. So there's that. that but at, in the global economy, people feel even more frightened because we've let our, our unions get destroyed. We don't have collective bargaining power, and we don't have po- po- collective bargaining power if the employees are out of the, co- the country. And if we don't support other people and their unionization around the world, we are screwed. So we have just completely let ourselves be disempowered and we can't go back to the way it was and people are scared and they're looking for somebody to blame. Mm-hmm. And on the other hand, um, we have the fact that our position in the world has gone down because we're not the only power on the planet and people can reach us. And in my video, America, Wake Up and Calm Down, the world is changing. We, the, those of us who, who actually ran the economies of the U.S. and the world did anything and took anything and treated people around the world like shit and, and never expected any kind of retribution. And that's over, too. So people are scared and the world has changed. But instead of looking at how we are accountable for that, what our part is, and looking honestly at the economic system we have and looking at the uh, how people are rewarded in our society. I and mean, this is like the two-minute answer. I could go on f- for an hour on this This could topic. be a whole show, yeah, I know. And I know we need to give uh, James a couple minutes to talk about next week. But, right, yeah. so these things are actually frightening people. And then when you fe- you f- it feeds into the racism that we already have, which means it's just the same kind of entitlement to I'm white and therefore I should have better, or I'm a man and I should have the bigger piece of meat, or I'm straight, then that's normal, or whatever it is. So all of that gets conflated, all gets together, and people are carried away emotionally by their fear and their anger about what they are experiencing as the loss of status in their world. But this is not the answer. Excellent. Excellent summary. Thank you so much. Thank you, Beth. Thank you, Madam Mazurka. James? Yes, next week. Want to tell us about next week? Yes. Yes. A secret weapon against human trafficking? Truckers. They're everywhere and virtually invisible. A conversation with Candace Paris. Human trafficking, including sex slavery, is happening all over the globe. Approximately 21 million people are victims of human trafficking worldwide, including hundreds of thousands of at-risk kids here in the United States. But guest Candace Paris has discovered a secret weapon, and she's unleashed a campaign that's literally on a roll. It's called Truckers Against Trafficking, and it's a program she co-founded to train truckers to recognize and report suspected sex trafficking activities. Believe it or not, lots of trafficking happens at truck stops, 
stops on our major highways. And truckers are the invisible eyes and ears who can be mobilized to spot signs of this ugly business and help to take it down. Meet Candace Paris, a woman who is helping create a movement. Not even a trucker herself. Hear how she got into this. Learn about the growth of the campaign and let's discover how we can help too. And so now, a final word. Hello, darlings, everybody. I'm so privileged to be on the show again. I really loved it. I feel like I had an impact. I enjoyed my conversation. (laughs) I felt the same way, Madam Azurka. I think that, you know, we were really an example of uh, how we can come together and maybe learn something from each other. And thank you, Christine. Excellent. Thank you both for joining us. Till next week. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Inner Revolutionary Radio with Beth Green and James Maynard. The next episode will broadcast live next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And don't forget Inner Revolutionary TV on voiceamerica.tv. Think outside the box and join us. <laughs>